Sarah. And this is Nightmare Before Bed in the news. In the news. In the news. So much shit's going on in the news right now. Absolutely. But first, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you? This weather sucks ass. I legitimately slept like 10 hours yesterday. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I got up, did some stuff, took a nap. <laughs> I'm jealous now. I couldn't do that anyway, probably. But no, I could try really but hard. But I think I'd kind of been running myself down the week, to, throughout the week, too. So it was kind of like a catch-up day. There were several days where I only slept like four or five hours. I feel that. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, it was a little bit of a catch-up, I think. That's and the weather okay. helped me out. Uh, the weather sucks. But yep. I'm glad it helped you out and got you some rest absolutely you're starting us off today i am and this is a super interesting one um it's an old cold case that's super mysterious you always bring me the cold case i know because i know it drives you insane because <laughs> uh, there's no there's no resolution but this crazy. is like potentially can we get some resolution because you know i can't even watch that goddamn show on netflix oh i know what was the name of that show because I, I can only unsolved watch yeah, fucking yeah. Hated that show. <laughs> because they're unsolved i can't <laughs> yep so this one is about the summerton man um which is a body that was mysteriously found on a beach in australia um I'm like surprised 70 years ago survived on a beach in australia where everything can literally pretty yeah. much kill you. Oh, it's even better because, like, they couldn't tell why he died. The hell? Yeah, like, he was not... Um, there was nothing visible. N- right. And nothing um, in his bloodstream. Right. That okay. they could tell from 70 years ago anyway. Yeah, that's um, true. He had no tags in his clothes. He had one little note in the pocket. What is it with the no tags? Oh, I don't know, but I feel like it's a worldwide conspiracy. <laughs> there we go. There's your conspiracy. It's Work that tags. one in, right? Somebody takes the tags off who they kill. There we go. There There's we go. That, he's a serial killer that we've never uncovered. He's the tag man. We're the tag man. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, okay, tell me more. So Australian police have exhumed his remains, and they're going to DNA test him to try and identify him. So the so-called Summerman was found dead on December 1st, 1948, with no identifying documents, and the circumstances of his demise are completely unexplained at this point. Um, he was carrying a cryptic note um, in the Farsi words of the Talim Shud, uh, meaning it is finished. So the words said, it is finished. I don't know if the killer just slipped that in there and was like, yeah, it's finished. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so weird. He also had a book of poems by the Parisian writer Omar Kaviam and a suitcase carrying clothes with the labels removed. See? Amateur label man. Label man. Sleuths have proposed numerous hypotheses to explain his origins, including that he was a Cold War spy, um, spurned by a lover. Uh, South Australia Attorney General approved the exhumation, which took place on Wednesday at West Terrace Cemetery. In a statement, Vicki Chapman said, for more than 70 years, people have speculated who this man was and how he died. In a story that was captured the imagination of people all over the world, um, but that they're hoping to uncover some answers now as DNA techniques have um, continued to improve over the decades. Yeah, they have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is some speculation that the embalming process may have destroyed the DNA, but we're going to see. So I'm super interested in that just because, like, I've watched numerous shows about that mention him, and I want us to get some resolution for Sarah's sake. Yeah, I need <laughs> the resolution. <laughs> Leaving me hanging is just... It gives me anxiety, <laughs> and I cannot. Okay, so what's your first story this week? Okay, so remember I talked to you last week about the FA issues and yes. people being assholes on flights? Yeah. 
Guess what? I have another one. Oh, more. Tell us. Okay, so the agency added, the FAA agency added, that they restrained a disruptive passenger with plastic handcuffs, but that later the passenger freed himself from the handcuffs. <laughs> he was a wily one. <laughs> and struck a flight attendant in the face. Oh, damn. For a second time. He in trouble now. <laughs> Somebody in trouble. <laughs> the police boarded the aircraft after that, after it landed, and took the passenger into custody. The FAA said about the incident, another passenger from a Southwest Airlines flight from Phoenix to Chicago on January 1st, 2020, is facing a potential $27,000 fine after allegedly yelling and forcefully banging his head on a seat in front of him. Disturbing his nearby passengers. Yeah. A $27,000 fine for being disruptive. And can probably never fly on a plane again. Ever. Ever. You're driving. Just don't, guys. <laughs> Just don't. The FAA also alleges that another passenger yelled that he is going to kill someone and then he had a bomb and was going oh, to blow up the He said aircraft. bomb on a plane. That is like the That's worst. like the number one rule. Don't say bomb on a plane. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Like ever that flight was diverted to oklahoma city so the police could take him into custody weird (laughs) (laughs) right and another passenger is facing an eighteen thousand dollar fine from a JetBlue airlines flight from fort lauderdale to las vegas oh he faces a fine for (laughs) drinking allegedly taking several mini bottles of alcohol that the airline had not served to him (laughs) and then continually removing his mask or wearing it improperly Yeah. Bro, come on. Uh, so then there's a fourth potential fine the FAA announced for $9,000. Here's another passenger on an Allegiant airline flight from Fort Lauderdale to Knoxville. In February 15th of 2021, they said that this passenger took off his face mask, stood close to a flight attendant without wearing her face mask over her mouth and nose and screamed at the flight attendant. When another flight attendant tried to provide the cuss or the passenger with, uh, you know, a way from right. them, you know, to remove them, the passenger began to curse, telling the flight attendants that they couldn't do anything. So the federal law prohibits interfering with aircraft crew or physically assaulting assaulting them or threatening to physically assault the aircraft crew or anyone else on the aircraft. Passengers are subject to civil penalties such as misconduct and can threaten the safety of the flight. So basically, stopping assholes, you're going to get fined. Y'all, Keep your mask on. Y'all do done messed up. <laughs> I, I'm just like $27,000. And you think that you can get on a plane and say you're going to kill someone and that there's a bomb. Bro, you're screwed. <laughs> so much screwed. Uh, well, it's not going to get any better because I'm going to Florida next. Oh, <laughs> uh, see, what is up with Florida? Everything. So a Florida woman, 43, allegedly crashes a kid's birthday party and raped a 17-year-old. I read that, and I'm just like, yeah. what? Yeah. So a Florida woman's been arrested on multiple charges after authorities allege that she raped a teenage boy after a birthday party while a 12-year-old girl slept nearby, which is just skeezy. It was disgusting and skeezy beforehand, but then you add that there was a sleeping kid who Next. actually woke up from the article I read, uh-huh. and the boy looked over at her and said, help me. Oh, shit. And then, yeah, I, I read a whole bunch of articles on that Dear one, too. Dear Lord. So, Jessica Good, 43, has been charged with two counts of child abuse and two counts of unlawful sexual activity with a minor. Deputies alleged a 17-year-old boy attended a 16th birthday party by Bowling Alley, and the party later migrated to the acquaintance's home in Port Charlotte. And police say that 
Good and another woman had reportedly been out drinking when they crashed the party. According to charging documents obtained uh, by the news outlet, Good allegedly gave alcohol to the 17-year-old, and the report alleges the victim had not previously had any alcohol, um, and Good's friend allegedly went to bed, leaving Good alone with the teens. Uh. Right. Uh, the victim told deputies that Good had been making uncomfortable sexual comments. So, she dirty. Icky. Icky, icky, icky. So, that is where we are at with that one. And to add to that one from the articles I read, yep. the, the 17-year-old boy, like, after she was done, went to the bathroom and vomited. I don't blame Which him. Which I don't blame him at all. Yep. This is icky. We're going to Maine. Okay. Get out of Florida for a second. Sounds good. So, there's this guy who has a two-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. Just seems, seems normal. Seems fine. Uh-huh. Until the two-year-old shoots him. Oh, shit. So, the police say 25-year-old Ian Carr turned himself in after a warrant was issued for one count of endangering the welfare of a child. <laughs> Investigators say a two-year-old child found a Glock 9mm on a nightstand. And fired it into his parents' bedroom while they were asleep Wednesday morning. The boy's 22-year-old mother was hit in the leg, and Carr was struck in the back of the head by two bullet fragments. The parents were treated at Midcoast Hospital in Brunswick, and then the Maine Medical Center in Portland. They are so lucky. So fucking lucky. Right? The two-year-old suffered injuries to his face from the recoil of the (laughs) weapon. He smacked himself with the gun. Yes. Oh, no. I can't, yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is so bad. Right? Please say a three-month-old infant was also in the room, but was not hurt. Thank goodness. I know. Carr was released on personal recognizance bail under the condition he will not possess any weapons and may, that may, can't go into the house. And his arraignment is August 10th. The children are currently in the custody of other family members. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it gets crazier, and I'm going back to Florida. <laughs> oh, you're going back? I am. This is in Pensacola, Florida. Okay. Um, as Alyssa Bono fought the strange man who had just grabbed her by the throat, threatening her with a knife, and dragged her towards his van, she had the presence of mind to get as much blue slime on him as possible. So there was a attempted kidnapping. This girl was like, how can I place some evidence on this dude? And, like, just rubbed all this blue slime over him uh. um, so that the police could identify him when they found him. <laughs> the 11-year-old Pensacola girl said she learned the importance of evidence from her favorite TV show, Law & Order SVU. <laughs> and Alyssa has been attacked Tuesday as she awaited for the school bus. Her near abduction was captured by a neighbor's home security camera. And she says, I was not able to get the slime into his upper arm a little bit and onto his lower arm. Uh, they NBC's Today show interviewed her on Thursday. And she says, I knew that might be better evidence if the cops had to find him. Her intuition proved right. And Escambia County Sheriff's Chip Simmons said that his detectives arrested Jared Paul Stanga late Tuesday after a massive manhunt. And his arms were still covered in blue dye. <laughs> 
more power. Like that's right? amazing, and she is such a lucky little girl. Absolutely, staying at thirty, remained in jail Thursday on a one point five million dollar bond on charges of attempted kidnapping, battery, and assault. His attorney Robert Dees questioned Stanga's arrest during Wednesday's court hearing, saying Alyssa did not definitively pick him from a photo lineup, and initially said her attacker was Hispanic. Stanga is white. Um, prosecutors said the evidence against him is strong. In addition to the slime, the silver bumper on his van had just been painted black and detectives during the manhunt had described the silver bumper in their bulletin to the public. So basically, he tried to alter his vehicle so that they wouldn't pinpoint him. Um, they also say that um, he made a purchase at a nearby convenience store minutes after the attack wearing the same clothes as the assailant in the neighbor's security camera footage. So, um, yeah, that's Awful happening. Fun. I'm glad that she was smart enough and quick enough to think how she can. I hope aid. her blue slimes help him get convicted. <laughs> I do too. Such a smart girl. We're going to Pennsylvania. Okay. You're just staying up in the northern side of the United States. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm really trying. So authorities in Pennsylvania believe a man who allegedly confessed in a letter to murdering his girlfriend may actually be a serial killer. Damn. <laughs> Surprise! Harold David Holman the third, 43, was charged Friday with the murder of a 25-year-old Tiana Phillips, who disappeared in 2018. There's Shit. a big age difference, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. He was also charged. And he's gotten away with it for several years. Several. He was also charged in December with the sling of a 26 year old Erica Schultz. So there's two. Mm-hmm. So there are court documents that say this truck driver met women on an online dating app. And the murders allegedly took place in the same spot in the woods in Butler Township. Okay. Authorities say Holman is a person of interest in the disappearance of the presumed death of a 21 year old pregnant Michigan woman, Ashley Parler, who disappeared from Battle Creek in June of 2005. I bet there's more. Oh, I bet there is, too. The development Holman is as a suspect in Tiana and Erica's case, and they discovered he may be a person of interest concerning Ashley. Mm. They they are still investigating it and are trying to corroborate statements made by not just himself, but other people who were interviewed at the time. Mm-hmm. So it's basically a giant puzzle and they're putting the pieces together. Right. They're saying the parlor who worked at Taco Bell was in a dating relationship with Holman at that mm. time. And then the Luzerne County Assistant District Attorney Dan Zola said Holman had been convicted in the 90s of a murder in Germany. But the charges what? were reduced and he was released. Okay, now I want to know more about this German case. Seriously. Uh, some so news reporter in America, please write about that because I need to know. And someone is saying if this if this situation doesn't match the definition of serial killer, then nothing does. Oh, yes. So in December of 2020, Holman allegedly admitted to the slaying of Phillips to investigators. So there's one he admitted to. Mm-hmm. And then he allegedly told police he lured Phillips into the woods and built a fire and hit her in the head with a hammer, slit her throat, and then stabbed her. He claimed he returned later to the area with trash bags, collected some of her remains and clothing, and then tossed them in the dumpster behind the movie theater. Yeah. You're just putting the evidence there, though. Right. Authorities said Holman confessed to killing Phillips in a letter he sent to his wife after they split in the summer of 2020. Good Lord. 
She gave the letter to the police. Good for her. <laughs> Holman reportedly told investigators where to find the remains of Schultz. So there's the other one. Mm. Who he allegedly bludgeoned to death with a hammer as well and stabbed earlier in December. Yep. It's so icky. So according to court papers and authorities in January, they found out about the def- or disappearance of Parlor, and she knew Holman. So they're mm. trying to. Yeah, there seems together. to be some connection there already. But if they can connect her disappearance to him. Yeah, and pregnant at the time, and, and he had killed somebody over in Germany. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Ah, it's terrible. Yeah, again, I need to know what that was about, too. Uh, so my next one actually brings us closer to home. Um, a Kansas City man was arrested for a four-decade-old murder in Texas. In Conroy, Texas, authorities in southeast Texas say a 75-year-old Kansas City, Kansas man has been arrested on the murder warrant for nearly a four-decade-old case. Montgomery County Sheriff Lieutenant Scott Spencer said Thursday that Thomas Elvin Darnell was arrested May 11th in the 3300 block of number 57th street in kck he says that darnell is being held for the 1983 death of laura purchase after dna connected him to the crime the sheriff's office stated in a release that deputies originally discovered the body in the early mornings of march 17th 1983 while responding to a fire in some woods the area is north of houston they found purchase's body but it wasn't until three years later that the fbi formally identified her using fingerprints so they didn't even know who she was for three years mm-hmm. um and Purchase was reported missing from Houston, and an autopsy determined that she had been sexually assaulted and strangled, and investigators say they found traces of male DNA. Because mm-hmm. uh, there, for a while, you could only tell if it was male or female, or blood group. So, um, the DNA might not have been up to par to test it at the time. Yeah. Uh, the sheriff's office in 2007 submitted the DNA evidence, which ruled out Lucas, um, because a famous serial killer was active at the time in Texas called... Henry Lee Lucas, who was a drifter Here's that died. Found. Oh, Siri's, Siri's listening in on us. Siri wants to know what's, what's uh, up. So they had thought she might have been a victim of Henry Lee Lucas. and um, But DNA excluded him and included this guy. So earlier this year in March, cold case detectives from Texas traveled to Kansas City, Kansas, to get a sample of DNA from Darnell, which positively matched the DNA from Purchase. Um, and he was arrested on May 11th and was extradited to Texas on Thursday. They were not messing around with him. That was pretty quick. Yep. And uh, jail records don't list if he has an attorney. Um, and he's being held in Montgomery County Jail without bond. Damn. Right? Okay. We're going back to Florida. Ah! <laughs> we have three Florida stories this week. I it's, love it. It's because it's fucking Florida. Florida. But it's a little lighter. I mean, okay. Anyway. I'll take it. So last week we talked about... The tiger that was on the loose and how they were cracking down on all of that. Yep. Well, authorities raided Jeff Lowe's Thackerville, Oklahoma Zoo and seized 68 animals that were being held there by the Tiger King star. So he was in the show, the Netflix series Tiger King, and he, what, he partnered with With Joe and Joe Exotic, but then kicked kind of him out kicked him I'm, to the curb yeah. kind of deal yeah so that's who we're talking about to- yeah. today Lowe appeared in the highly popular 2020 netflix documentary series and was the subject of a raid by the u.s law enforcement agents led by the u.s fish and wildlife services on monday Ooh. Lowe is an exotic animal exhibitor who and dealer who took control of most of the animals being held by Joe, Joe exotic. exotic. After he went to prison and on a failed murder for hire plot. I'm sorry, that always makes Y'all me Y'all just need to watch the documentary. 
Carol Bass. Carol Mike. <laughs> the DOJ confirmed that 68 protected lions, tigers, rawr, and lion tiger hybrids and a jaguar were taken from the Tiger King Park after obtaining a warrant for ongoing Endangered Species Act, ESA mm-hmm. violations. Yep. So, the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Animal, Plant, and Health Inspection Services has conducted three inspections of the Tiger King Park since mid-December of 2020. Mm -hmm. During these inspections, Lowe's received citations for failing to provide the animals with adequate or timely veterinary care, appropriate nutrition, and shelter that protects them from inclement weather and is of sufficient size to allow them to gauge in normal behavior. So, they're really cracking down... Well, yeah, you have a whole fucking Netflix documentary. They're (laughs) going to look at you now, buddy. So the report reads that Lowe's was recently found in contempt after months of noncompliance with court orders, requiring that Lowe's in part to employ a qualified veterinarian and establish and maintain a program of veterinarian care that meets the requirements of this animal welfare. Sounds act. very reasonable. Right? Have your have your animals checked like we take our Take care of them, get their vaccinations. Once a year to get their vaccinations for their checkup. You ain't doing any of that. No. Uh, none of us are surprised. No. <laughs> Lowe confirmed the news of the raid. Noting that 30 to 50 federal agents swarmed the zoo at 7 a.m. with a search warrant. Well, they got their ducks in a row, at least. (laughs) I'm glad that we have that. And reportedly told him to stay inside his house or he'd be arrested. Lowe told the outlet that he estimated that 70 animals were seized and that they were particularly interested in the finding tiger cubs, which he said he didn't have. This is the second time this month that he has been raided for exotic animals. So they're looking. (laughs) He's just used to the drill now. He's like, come on in, guys. Come on in. (laughs) The water is great. A press release from the advocacy group Animal Wellness Action noted the authorities cited the Endangered Species Act and the Animal Welfare Act in the warrant from the federal judge, Mm -hmm. which I'm very good. I'm glad that they have their paperwork. Right. And the granting motion for preliminary injection, blah, 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 paperwork. The judge said that Lowe had to relinquish his tiger cubs. Okay. And they would be placed in reputable sanctuaries and yeah. never to be used in exhibits again. Right. So it said that today's warrant in seizure punctuates a long series of federal actions to shut down unethical roadside zoo operations. Yeah. Joe Exotic and Jeff Lowe ran a slipshod operation and the chickens have come home to roost. I mean... This is the amount of fallout I anticipated from the Netflix special. I'm not sure why no one else did. <laughs> I, I think it's great that they're following through, but they have all their paperwork done. Everything is done. They've been after them for a long time. Yeah, but it's one of those, you know he has Tiger Cub somewhere. It's It doesn't surprise me that he's keeping well, that under lock thing. and key, because that's worth more money than the older he's ones. He's no uh, new guy. To like being arrested. Oh God, no! Remember, he was. He, he talked about it in on the, f- the documentary. Uh huh. So, uh, he he knows this game. He's he's done it before, <laughs> and he'll keep doing it. I right? just like that he's just like, yeah, they came in. They're looking for this. They took all of these. I didn't have it. <laughs> he's hiding it today. Somewhere. You know that. <laughs> yep. Well, that was a really active week for news. Seriously, we just went all over the place. Yeah, we did. All over the United States. So, serial killers to tigers. Serial killers to tigers. That's the thing, the theme this week. Ugh. So, that'll wrap us up. 
And until next time, get on the Facebook group, follow along, exciting things to come there, and we will talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Bye.